0: My name is Matthew. I'm an alcoholic from Sydney, Australia. I also like to identify as a recovering Catholic and a committed atheist, because that's very relevant to why I come to secular AA meetings. I am 28 years sober, 33 years in the rooms. Part of the reason that that five and a half years exists is because I was trying to reconcile my atheism with uh, AACism, as as I perceived it. And um, it was a big deal for me. I can remember sitting in a meeting and thinking, like, seriously, thinking if it's a choice between um, believing a God or going back out and drinking again, I'm going to go out and drink. Like, it was that not negotiable. Um, I remember sitting in the same meeting. It was a lunchtime meeting in the city, and I was wearing a suit in those days, and it was like full of smoke, and you sat on these hard pews. But I remember sitting in and Doing inventory of the steps and figuring out I could do six and a half of them so you know it's been a problem for me all my recovering life and uh, when I found Secular AA I got like everything shut down in Sydney and um Zoom appeared out of the blue and I that was an interesting tour and then I found AA meetings online and then I found Secular AA and I can remember thinking how long has this been going on and why didn't I get the memo followed by I don't actually care how many of these meetings are there? Is it enough that I never have to go back to CSDA again? And there's like, you know, or 500. And um, that does me fine. And like, yeah, I, I'm that serious about it. I don't like CSDA. My, like, for me, the touchstone, the problem is hearing people in that other part of AA say to third parties that the third party can't get sober unless they believe in the first party's higher power, you know, and that just blows me away, I hated it the whole time I've been in AA, I used to occasionally stick my head up above the parapet if I got asked to share and, and mention that, oh, by the way, I'm an atheist, so if there's anyone else in the room who thinks like that, you, take, you can take it from me, you don't have to believe in a God to get sober you know what you think of my sobriety is another issue but I haven't had a drink for a long time and I do not believe in any kind of an interventionist God you know and I used to wonder how many people come to their one, their first meeting and they hear that crap and they just like maybe they stay to the end of the meeting maybe they don't even stay at the end of the meeting but they never come back because that's not negotiable for them either and um, one of the bonuses from I was sitting in one of these meetings one day and I, a little discussion got going after a meeting and the guy was talking about it was a chairperson was talking about what it says about, about the third tradition in the 12 by 12 and i you know like that's one of the bits that i've steered the hell and going around you know and what this guy said took my breath away i thought he can't he's got to be making that up i can't say that and i went and read it and what he was saying is they negotiated it down to that's the only requirement basically what they were doing was eliminating the requirement to believe in God. Like early on, it talks about how when they started and they could hardly get any meetings to keep going, they still had standards such that they only wanted alcoholics. There were two classes of people that they were not going to let into the rooms: addicts, drug users, right, and atheists. And that was even worse than drug addicts. And then somewhere or other, they like had some kind of discussions and. Like there's this really gruesome passage in there that talks about um, to deny somebody their full opportunity to recover risks their lives. And who among us would be prepared to be responsible for the death of our brother? That says brothers, but they mean brothers or sisters. So they, you know, somebody who ever wrote that thing and whoever agreed to it being published, understood the stakes that insisting on believing in a creator God, risked people dying and there goes they put it in black and white that you don't have to do that the thing that bothers me about that is that um all of quote traditional unquote AA blithely ignores it like I don't like calling it traditional AA because they scrupulously avoid upholding that tradition so they don't even deserve to be called traditional AA I don't think um I um <laughs> I see somebody with their head in their hands already. I'll make it worse. I'm avid subscriber to the the disease concept. It's what got me sober. And uh, like I got told in 1987 in rehab that if I was if there was alcoholism on one side of my family tree, I was a 45% chance to be affected. It was on both sides, I was an 85% chance to be affected. I, you know, I heard the words, didn't really believe him probably, but they stuck and I came back out and started asking questions. And I now know my dad was high-functioning alcoholic. I wrestled with saying that for 20 years, but he was. Um, Both my grandfathers were chronic addicts alcoholics. They both died, you know, drinking. One of them nearly got kicked out of the nursing home was in because he kept getting bottles of scotch smuggled in. God knows how he did it, but he did. Um, My mum told me that she thought both of her grandfathers were alcoholics. So suddenly I'm presented with this evidence that I'm descended from generations of alcoholic men and alanonic women by definition, okay? Because they're either desperately unlucky or there's something going on in the intergenerational transfer of this disease that makes alanonic women, women. I don't know what the common denominator is, but you know, it's not, it can't be just dumb luck. So it's gotta be something. Um, I'm the oldest of eight kids, seven of the eight of us are addicts or alcoholics. Three of my brothers are dead of the disease. Three of my surviving siblings are busy. Like it dawned on me the other day that my youngest brother, is 11 years younger than me, will probably die before I do, because he is a chronic addict alcoholic. you know. So, th- and that seven out of eight maps to what this dude was saying about 85% chance if it's on both sides of your tree. And I know it's on both sides because I know both my grandfathers were, you know. So there's that. And that, like I kind of painted myself in a corner. Oh, wait, maybe this does, this is a disease in some family systems. Except accept not all, maybe the one that I come from, the two that I come from, I, I like that. Uh-oh, I've painted myself into a corner. There is, this is why I can't, you know, I tried everything in, you know, more about alcoholism. I tried all of that shit. I laugh every time I heard that getting read because I didn't know I was checking the list off what I had and nothing was working. Five and a half years in rooms, can't get stopped drinking, still crashing cars, Yada 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 maybe that's never going to change. Maybe I can't process alcohol, so I managed. That that convinced me that I had to stop and, you know, I, I stayed stopped. And, um, you know, now it's in nieces and nephews. I've got three nieces and a nephew, and at least two of them are definitely addicts alcoholics. I don't know about the other two. Jury's still out. So that convinced me to stop drinking. And at the same time, made it difficult for me to be in CSIA. I I like it's a, I think alcoholism is purely a physiological medical problem. It's not a moral issue, it's not a lot of lack of willpower. But and that's good enough for me, but they, for most of AA, that runs headlong into all the moral stuff and you've got to make amends to people. Like I don't think that should be a moral issue either. It's just yeah, okay, I can I can get myself peace of mind if I just clean up the mess as much as I can, but you know. People that crash and burn on apologising and having their apology not accepted, and that's like, but that's not what it's talking about anyway. Um, so there's a lot of it's not it's not it's good enough for me to say it's a disease. It's not good enough for a lot of AA, and I can see the problems that they're going to get into. Um, uh, two and three, quick, quick, quick. Look, I'm trying to think about what I kind of believe that grade myself could be storming the sanity. I look, I think Jimmy B and whoever the hell else was involved won this war a long time ago. I can't understand how Theist AA managed to rewrite history. But you know, two and three talk about goddess we understood and a power greater than ourselves. Like they've already taken out G-O-D period in you know inverted commas, it's gone. And then at the back, right, the last step or second last whatever it is, same thing happens. You get the workaround. But all the ones in the middle, they've gone back to just G-O-D. And I think it's because they just realized that it was gonna be too hard to write a nice, simple, easy, catchy version, like came made a decision to turn my will and my life over to the care of But that's okay. Um, 6 when we're entirely ready to have my higher power. Do you say my higher power or our higher powers? Remove my defects of character. Humbly ask our higher powers. Admitted to my higher power, to myself and to another human being. to Okay, admitted to our higher powers, to ourselves and to another human being, the exact nature of our wrongs. No, that's not, that's too clumsy. Um, I say I wish they'd put it back like that's my version of the steps that's what it would do it would just make it specifically explicit that we're not talking about a god but that's not ever going to happen i there was I went to that um thing yesterday the aaws thing and it was to me extremely interesting and disconcerting like one of the issues that came up was safety in AA meetings and two people three people raised issues. One person talked about how an AA meeting can be a dangerous place for a person with not binary gender identification, okay? And then another person raised the issue that it can also be a dangerous place in certain areas for BIPOC people. And then another person raised the issue that it's not necessarily always a safe place for agnostics, I thought it was very tactful that they said agnostics and not atheists even because that were probably everybody's uses. But a little bit later, like what the person that was representing um, the service center or whatever the hell it is, then responded to those concerns, except she only responded to two of them. She agreed about the gender identity thing and she agreed about the BIPOC thing she didn't say a word about the non-religious issue. It's like she didn't even hear it. It just went right past her ears. And I sat there thinking, it's true. There is a problem. No wonder I don't feel safe in most theist meetings. And um, like, that enraged me enough that I even sent her a text. And I quoted a line from Tradition 3 that talks about um, blasphemers must be punished. It's like doesn't say anything about punishing bipoc people or people of non-binary gender, but it's like they're being ironic, but it's still very black and white, you know so there's still an issue. And I, I just like I've been thinking about that ever since. like if the people that are running mainstream AA world service, ah, oh, the other thing that freaked me out in her presentation she talked about the amazing thing that is secular AI well. What she said, I think she was talking about Zoom, and she said, "You don't have to worry about this." But my belief is that it's divine intervention, right? So, how is a person who believes in divine intervention going to cope with some little muppet from the floor saying, "Hey, what about us agnostics and atheists?" She doesn't like, no, can't hear it. it?" And I'm just another stage in being a atheist in recovery. I'm, you know, I'm not going to stop. I don't have to. I love Zoom. I love Secular AA. I'll be grateful for the rest of my life to the people that started Secular AA. Thanks for being here. Thanks for the chance to share.